0: So um, I was thinking back a few years to to February 25th, 2004, and it was the day that I shipped out from Seattle, got on a plane, flew to uh, Atlanta uh, by myself, and um, started my adventure in the United States Army, and it was pretty fun. I thought, boy, this is going to be crazy. I left Cheryl at home. Actually, she was with her parents at the time with our our three preschoolers. Um, Olivia was still four. She wasn't even five yet. So we had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. And I said, honey, I'm going off to get my training. I'll probably never sleep. I'll probably get I mean, I'm going to be a physical wreck and a mess, and uh, it's just going to be insane. And, you know, pray for me because I'm the one who's going to have a really long year. And so I left, and I got, you know, myself into the Army thing. And it was probably a couple of weeks into basic training when it suddenly dawned on me I was getting a lot of sleep. <laughs> lights out in the, in the bay at 9 p.m. And at 5 a.m., lights were on and we were up and we were out there in the dark doing physical training. When you count that up, I don't know if you're good at math, but that's eight hours. Every night I was getting approximately eight hours of sleep, not every night. Some nights were a lot less, um, but it, it dawned on me that I was getting probably more sleep at that point in my life than I had for many years, at least since Olivia was born. And then I, I started thinking, you know who's really um, who's really struggling and fighting and, uh, to try to keep things going, try to survive and try to maintain? It was my wife who was at home with, okay, yes, she was with my in-laws at the time. So it was, was, they were playing man on man. It was three of them against three of the little girls. But Cheryl had the lion's share. She was the one who was getting up in the middle of the night. She was the one dealing with uh, allergies and dealing with trips to the hospital and, uh, emergency room visits and stitches and crying and sickness and the rest of it while I was out there playing army, having a good time and it actually that that moment really increased my level of respect for what our women go through, especially with especially my wife, starting with her. Um, how many of you are um, looking for some rest in your life you've been you've been battling you've been struggling you've been pushing you've got a lot of demands on you you've got a lot of what we might call burdens laid on you from outside of yourself and maybe some that you're putting on yourself you uh, are putting on you by yourself um Things that you think are important that are burdens in your own life—it's easy to do. It seems like it's just—it's the way of life. But the Bible has a a response to that. I think the Bible has something to offer us. In fact, Jesus has something to offer us. We're going to look at a short passage—just three verses. And it's one that's probably very familiar to you. You've probably heard it before. But I want us to spend a little time in, in these three short verses. And I want us to find if, in, in these verses that because Jesus has worked for us. And that's very important. Because Jesus has worked for us, we can rest in Him. We don't have to keep working for significance. We don't have to keep working to try to find or experience meaning in our lives. We don't have to work for the favor of God. It's given to us freely in Jesus. And we can rest in what Jesus has done for us. Let's look at this. Uh, passage together. It's in Matthew, Matthew chapter 11. You can turn to the back of your handout and you'll see the passage there and uh, you may want to jot down a few notes as we go through um, this passage together. Maybe things that as, as I speak, um, the message that God has given to us this morning, uh, you may want to write some things down to, to take with you so that you can go back to this over and over again. Rest, rest, especially for you ladies. Rest for weary women. So follow along with me as I read aloud. The words of Jesus, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we unpack these, your words in, your, um, in, the, in the collection of Scripture that we have before us as the Bible. Um, Father, may we, um, first of all, um, come to it humbly. Humbly, because we don't have all the answers, we don't know everything, um, so God, may we come to this word um, with open hands and open hearts, um, humbly accepting your word to us. God, through your Holy Spirit, give us insight and and uh, help us to understand what we're reading and 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 understand the meaning of it and what it means to our lives. And then, Lord, as we walk out of here, what we're going to want to do is we're going to want to say that was wonderful, that was lovely. And then we're going to walk out this door and we're going to go on with our lives the way all things have always been. But God, don't let us do that. God, may we not only be hearers but doers of the word. God, give us the power of your Holy Spirit to live according to the word that you have for us this morning. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I'm going to address this message to you um, ladies. I hope you're okay with that and men uh, and and uh, and young ladies and children. Um, you're going to have to listen to what God's going to say to you too because God has a has word for every one of us. But let me, let me, let me specifically address you ladies this morning. And uh, first thing I want to tell you from this word is that sisters, Jesus chose you. Okay? Jesus chose you. I didn't read verse 27, but if you back up just a little bit with me from verse 28 where he says, Come to me. Um, b- b- prior to that, Jesus is actually, uh, he starts by saying a prayer, thanking God that God has revealed the, the amazing truths of his word and of the gospel to not wealthy people, to not intelligent and wise people, the people who had it all together, but he revealed it to what he calls little children. These are symbolic of people who just, they don't understand. They're, they, they don't understand everything. They're learning but they don't know. They're, they're, they're humble. They're inquisitive. They're eager to accept whatever truth you have for them. And then he says, verse 27, All these things... Have been handed over to me by my father, and now he's talking to his disciples again, and he and the people around, and he says, "And no one knows the son except the father, and no one knows the father except the son, and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him." The fact that you are in Christ means that God, the, the Jesus, the son, chose to reveal the father to you. That's pretty crazy. You know, you, we, we have a choice in life, right? We make choices day after day after day. We have what, what we like to talk about as free will. And we have the freedom to choose. But in this, this verse right here, it says that you don't know God. You don't know God unless Jesus chooses you. And if you're in Christ, man, woman, you know, boy, girl, you are chosen by Jesus. That's pretty awesome. Sisters, Jesus chose you. Chose you for the life that you have. The life that you're living. The the very experiences that you've gone through. Whether you're a mother or not. Whether you're young or you're old. All of the experiences of your lives. God chose you because He wants to glorify Himself through you and through your life wherever you're at, and in whatever circumstance you're in. That's pretty awesome. So, if you're wanting to find rest because you're weary, start, start with this truth. This is a big truth. Jesus chose you. That's a big deal. Remember that. Remember that, because frankly, all of these other things and all of the other aspects of life are just us trying to grasp onto something that we think is important if we haven't acknowledged that Jesus chose us, what does that mean? You have salvation. You're in Christ. You've been elected, as Paul says elsewhere. You are a daughter of the king of the universe. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. That's a whole different kind of identity. You know, you may go, well, I had. I, I, if I were to personalize that, I would say, Okay, I'm Michael. I, uh, I am the, the son of my mother, Jeannie, my father, Frank. I'm of the Johnson clan. You know, I've got my identity in those things. But when Jesus chooses you, he adopts you and he says, You're not just who you are naturally, you're my daughter, you're my son. That's who you are now. And so when we walk through life, we walk through life not arrogantly, not not prideful, but pretty humbled by the fact that God chose us, that Jesus chose us specifically from this as we see from this word, that Jesus chose us to be his part of his family. And that's an identity that's going to change everything. It should change everything. Sisters, Jesus chose you. Sisters, spend more time with Jesus. That's the second thing I want to share with you. Spend more time with Jesus. Jesus said, Come to me. The, the Greek there, word, the word come... Um, it, It looks like a command, it's an interjection, the way it's phrased. It's an interjection, come, come to me. He's calling out, he's saying, hello, all of you out there who can hear me, come to me. Come to me. Jesus is inviting you, sister, to come to him and spend time with him. That's what He's asking for. That's what He's inviting. He's asking you to come to Him in prayer. Come to Him and spend time in His Word, the Bible. Come to Him and have some silence and some solitude with Jesus. You might say, well, hold on now there, Michael. I've got a lot of things going on in my life. How... uh, I got way too many, especially if you're raising children and trying to manage a household or or have a career or whatever it is, you're saying, hold on, I've got way too many things to do. And every time I feel, I think I have a moment of silence, I don't because something is calling to me. The laundry is calling to me. The dishes are calling to me. The, the household chores are calling to me. My husband is calling to me. Um, everyone around me has needs. It's really, really easy to get caught up in all of those things that are good and, and right to do, the responsibilities of our lives. It's right to do those things. But remember that you're a child of the King. <laughs> that Jesus chose you. And He didn't chose, He didn't choose you just to say, here's a new name. Here's some wonderful things to think about. Here's some things to kind of keep on, maybe on your shelf or on a plaque, uh, in your entryway of your home, or a verse to put on your wall. He choose you because he wants you. "Come to me," he said. "Come to me," He calls. In Luke chapter. 10, this passage that you've I know you've heard before, Jesus enters a village, and there was a woman there named Martha. and Martha welcomed him into his home. "Come and hang out with us, Jesus. We want, we want to host you. We want to be hospitable to you. We want you to spend time with us." And she had a sister, this sister called Mary. And all Mary did was sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. And Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. You're the Lord, you're the teacher, you're the rabbi, you're the one that we all look up to. Straighten my sister out. She's wasting her time listening to you, spending time with you when she should be serving. That's what all the other good ladies are doing. She's not, not. She shouldn't even be listening to you anyway. It's just for the, the men to do. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious uh, and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. End of story. We don't get Martha's response. We don't get. Mar- we don't get Mary going. Well, yeah, maybe I should go ahead and, you know, I know you said that, Jesus, but I'll go ahead and I'll go and help out in the kitchen a while. Martha doesn't say, you're right, Jesus. I'm just going to put all these things away and I'm going to sit at your feet too. How are you going to respond to it? If you were Martha, how would you respond? Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. Spend time with me. Spend time with me. You've got a lot of things to do. But the most important thing is that you spend time with me. Part of the reason why this may be difficult for us and maybe for some of you weary women is because there are a lot of things in our lives that are really, really important. Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor." And are heavy laden. Another way of putting that would be all who, uh, let me see if I can get this right, who grow weary. <laughs> all who grow weary. The, all the work that you're doing is exhausting you. It's making you weary. It's making you tired. And who are heavy laden. And another way of putting this is have burdens put on you. You people who have burdens put on you. These burdens are there weighing us down. The labor, the work is tiring us out. And you know why? I think the reason why partly that's happening, I'm, I, don't want, I do not want to make light of the work and the responsibilities that... The, that You women have. But sisters, let me ask you to do this. Sisters, identify the idols in your life. Identify the idols in your life. Think about these things. Beauty, intelligence, a career, security, Sanity, <laughs> health, peace, your home, your children, their health, their success, their whatever. Some state of perfection that you're trying to attain to. I was talking with some friends just this weekend. And I told them, I said, I, I, I was talking with another man who is also raising daughters um, and I'm like, you know what? Our daughters have—they—they have a—they they have, have a harder, you know, life to live and to grow into than I think probably any other generation of young ladies before us. All of the pressure that's put on them to perform, all of the messages that they get. We thought when, when I when I was growing up. We complained about television, you know, sending these messages to us and, and saying this is how you have to live, this is how you have to be, and, it, and that was tough on the, on the young ladies, tough on the young men. But nowadays, especially with social media, the, the amount of information they get told them day after day after day that they have to be a certain kind of person, a certain kind of young lady to be valuable, to be to be cared for, to be significant, or to have any kind of meaning in their life. It's, it's astounding. It's astounding. And, and women, sisters, you are dealing with that too. Let me ask you this. Because, I don't, because many of those things, beauty and intelligence and career, I'm not, m- many of those things are good. They're good things that, that God has given us graciously, they're good gifts. Every, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. James one seventeen. These can be good things, but a good thing that becomes the best thing becomes an idol. It's an, it becomes an idol in our lives. It's the things that God created that are good and meant to be enjoyed that we, that we turn into idols just like that. John Calvin said that the human heart is an idol factory that we're manufacturing idols in our lives all the time. Making an idol out of anything and making an idol out of it so that it becomes a burden on us. That we, uh, that we end up serving these things. That we end up pursuing these things. How do you know if something like this has become an idol in your, in your life? Let me give you one one way to just a, a question to ask to try to discern whether something like this has become an idol in your life. What do you think about? What starts to go through your mind when you get quiet, when you spend a little bit of time alone? What things start to go through your mind that you think about and you think, oh, I need to do that oh, that's important. Oh, I I don't think I did that right. Mm, I'm not quite the way I want to be like this. Oh, this issue in my life I need to fix. What are those things that start to come into your soul and start to speak to you (laughs) and start to concern you? The things that maybe you worry about. The things that you spend a lot of time thinking about. Could it be that that those are the kinds of things that are going to try to supplant Jesus from the throne in your life? Sisters, identify the idols in your life. And then, either let them go completely or ask God to transform them through Jesus. Give them to Jesus and let Him do what He wants to do in your life. Look what he says next. He says to take... He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Sisters, study your Bibles. You, sisters, spend more time with Jesus and that's going to include prayer and Bible. Sisters, identify the idols in your life. But sisters, study the Bible. He says here, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. I have something to teach you. I have something to pass on to you. This, this word um, that, that we see here as learn, the command to learn from Jesus, is the same, has the same root word of disciple. He says, be my disciple. Be my disciple. That doesn't mean only you're like, I'm going to model my life after him, or I'm going to pay him lip service, but it means to be trained by Jesus. It means to actually study and learn. Study the Bible and gain wisdom. Study the Bible and gain, gain knowledge of the universe, yourself, the other people around you. The knowledge of Christ. Study the Bible for, for all of those things and get joy. Get joy. Get meaning. Get significance. Study the Bible because the Bible has some great truths, some great wisdom. It, is, it has the knowledge. It has the way. It has the Word. A couple of passages I ran across and I thought, I don't know if I would have ran across these verses had I not studied this passage a little bit and studied the Bible. Jeremiah 6.16, I'm going to flip there really briefly, and you could jot it down in your notes if you want to refer back to it. It says this, "...Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls." And find rest for your souls. The ancient paths. The good way. How to walk in it. True, lasting, and fulfilling rest. You study your Bibles, you're going to find that. You study the Bible, and you're going to find knowledge. You're going to find the way. You're going to find what is good. You're going to find God's design for your life and for your family's life. It's awesome. Study the Bible. Study the Bible, sisters. Study the Bible. Finally, sisters, believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. This seems, that might seem kind of obvious. What do you mean, believe in Jesus? What do you mean? Well, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. That's why I'm a Christian. That's why I'm here at church. Of course. When he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, do you believe that? (coughs) Sisters, do you believe that? He says, my yoke. What, the yoke? Uh, You mean the thing that we put on our shoulders so we can help distribute the load and carry heavy... You want me to carry that yoke you want what what kind of yoke is it? An easy yoke. I don't know of any yoke that's easy. My burden, I, I don't want to carry a burden. I don't want to I, I don't want any more on me. I've I've got enough. You're telling me that of all of the things that I have to do here, uh, and all the things that I'm trying to accomplish and all the pressures that are on me, you're going to, you want to add one more pressure to me? You're telling me now I gotta study the Bible? You know, now I've got to carve out time in my life for prayer and for for spending time in the Word. And you say you're saying I I should have silence and solitude in my life. How much? Like, is five minutes enough okay? Do I have to do two two hours of solitude a day to really be a good Christian? (sighs) Jesus doesn't come to you to say, here's more stuff for you to do. Here's more stuff to put on you. He's coming to you to say, get rid of the other stuff in your life. Stop worrying about that stuff. Lay those burdens down and take my burden. Just the burden of following me. The burden of, of, if if anyone, if any sister would come after me, let her deny herself and take up her cross daily and follow me. Jesus comes to exchange your burden for the easy, the good, the healthy and the light burden that He gives us. The burden of belief. The burden of belief. We cannot earn significance or gain significance by the way we work women no matter how much you work at your your career your home or your children your beauty or your intelligence and education or your health or your sanity <laughs> you're not going to earn significance and meaning in your life by those things those are those things are a gift those things are a gift that flow out of who we are in Christ. But you will gain significance, and you will gain meaning, and you will gain ultimately perfect acceptance by God through Christ. Through Christ. Come to me. Uh, sisters. The bottom line is, Jesus is asking for your life. Jesus wants you, and He wants you to come to Him and spend time with Him so He can transform every aspect of your life. And so, you may find yourself going, I'm coming to Jesus, I'm spending time with Jesus, I'm listening to Him, I'm studying the Bible, I'm learning, and then I'm realizing that there are some things in my life that just are not important, and I need to stop doing them. There are a lot of things I'm doing that... That is wasteful. I can get rid of those things. And there are a lot of things that I'm doing that I'm putting my heart into and, and I'm, I'm, being really, I'm really broken about because I'm trying and trying and trying. And I realize that those things are my idol. Those things are the burden that somebody else has put on me. They said, you need to be this way because you, this is the only way you're going to be accepted. It's the only way you're going to be valuable. Or maybe I put it on myself because I thought, this is something I really, really want. It's going to bring meaning into my life. And Jesus is is standing there saying, come, sit at my feet and learn. That's the best thing. That's the best thing. I'll, I'll, I'll work all those other things out. I'll take care of all of those other things. God alone, God alone through Christ gives us significance and meaning and acceptance only through Jesus. How do I know that? In 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, here's what Paul says about Jesus. For our sake, for our sake, he made him Jesus. To be sin who knew no sin. Jesus became sin. He knew no sin. He was perfect and sinless. Lived a perfect and sinless life. But He died on the cross. And all of our sins were on Him. So He became like the ultimate sin. And received death. And received the judgment and the wrath of God the Father, so that in Him, the, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is the perfect, fully accepted, and, and you know, God is my Father righteousness. Not God is the judge, God is the enemy, God is looking down on me, ready to strike me. God is saying, why aren't you better? Why aren't you more healthy? Why aren't you more beautiful? Why, why don't you work longer hours? Why don't you have less headaches? Why don't you have less sickness and illness in your life? Why aren't you more? He looks at us and says, Jesus did it for you. He bought your Your righteousness. God's righteousness. Perfect acceptance. That's why God alone can give you the significance. God alone can give you the rest that you need. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Rest in Jesus. Come to me. Jesus said all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light let's pray heavenly father Oh, that we would believe that. Oh, that you would stir in our hearts, men, women, young and old, that you would stir in our hearts and give us the faith, give us the belief to trust in you, to believe this word from you, to believe that, that no matter what else we have going on in our lives, that you are worth it. You are worth carving out time to be with. God, you are worth dropping all of our burdens and all of our labors at your feet and then saying, God, I just want to, I just want to take your yoke. I just want your burden on me. Just the the burden of following Jesus. God, I trust You. I trust You to take care of all of these other things. If only I may spend time with You. Lord, increase my joy. Increase my passion for You. Increase my desire for You and for Your Word. Jesus is calling today. Jesus is calling you, come to me. Will you come to him? Will you find rest for your soul?